How are you guys doing tonight? All right. Happy to be here with you all. Can you see this? Can you guys see this? All right. Super important, right? Um, awesome. Awesome. You guys are well? Um, I'm doing all right. Um, hey, uh, we were praying earlier over the message, and I was literally like feeling like God was, was saying to uh, share a couple stories, and, and uh, as I'm thinking, I think God might want me to do this, Alex prays, God, right now in this moment, won't you give Miles promptings and leadings? Uh, so I was like, okay, I, I, like I'm, I'm not uh, you know, a genius, but I know when God wants me to say something. So I'm going to share two stories. You're going to be like, really, that's what God wanted you to share? And I'm going to go, yeah. And it's for somebody. Um, and uh, I'll explain them. So uh, this will be like the little mini sermon before the sermon. It's going to ruin my time, but I'll figure it out. Um, so uh, two stories. So you guys know I became a Christian when I was in college. I was uh, 20 years old. Um, I, was a, a, I had just turned 21, actually. And, and uh, it was radical from being an atheist to being a Christian um, and, and all of that. And when I became a Christian, like, I believed it. Like, I thought it was, I, like, I, I was, like, in. I was, like, everything in the Bible can happen right now. And so I was walking through uh, the, uh, my college, and I, I, there was this blind lady minding her own business. And I thought, well, God can heal, so let's go make this happen. So I walked up to her, and, yeah, it's, no, if you're going, that's going to go bad, it was that bad. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, three months into being a Christian and I walked up to this lady and I said, hey, uh, God, you know, I'm going to pray and God's going to heal you. And she goes, no, thank you. Um, and I said, no, we're going to do this. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I grabbed the back of this poor lady's head and then I put my hands on her eyes. Okay? So I'm palming her head. Like I'm, I've got her. I'm assaulting this poor blind woman. And, and I start praying and praying and praying, and uh, guess what happened? Not a thing. Not a thing happened. The bell rang for school. It was like, like the bell rang, and she goes, I have to go. You made me late. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And, and she walked off. And I was like, what? Like, it's in the Bible. What happened? Um, and that's who I was as a uh, new Christian. I was that annoying. Uh, you know what I mean when I say annoying new Christian? Like, like, bro, you're going to be in this a long time. Just chill out. Like, relax. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and, and that's who I was. Uh, so um, that was me, and that's story number one. Story number two is uh, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, and I was already here on staff, and uh, we have this thing called Pastor on Call where Something's happening with somebody, then they call down to the church, and, and whoever's pastor on call gets to go. And we got a call. I was pastor on call. We got a call uh, from a family who's uh, basically said, look, um, our dad is dying in the hospital, um, and, and we'd love for you to come down and pray for us um, because, uh, you know, we just were, we're shook up, and we need, we need comfort. We need God. And so as I'm driving there, the Holy Spirit says, don't pray for comfort, pray for healing. And I said, uh, God, go back to exhibit A, blind lady. I'm not doing that. Um, been there before, it was awful. Um, I'm not walking into some hospital room with the family, and, and I'm, not, I'm not doing that. And God would not, not, not let it go. 
And, and so I'm like wrestling, debating, you know, and finally I'm like, dude, okay, like God wins, right? So I'm like, okay, well, do what you want. I'm going to walk in there. You're going to give all this hope to this family. It's going to make me look like an idiot. And, and uh, so I walk in and, and uh, the family's there. They're crying. Dad all plugged up uh, to things. And, and I pray uh, or I talk to the family and I tell them, hey, as I was driving here, I felt like God told me to pray for healing, not comfort. And now they're crying. And I prayed that God would heal this man. And I'm not kidding you, the next day he walked out of the hospital fully healed. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, God's awesome, God's awesome. Did not expect to clap there, that's cool, I'll take it. Um, um, so um, here's my point, and I, th I think this is my point. Um, if I wasn't willing to do the first thing then God would have never been able to give me the second thing. Catch that? Like, you learn on the job in, uh, in this stuff. You got to li listen. And, and why I would say that is I, I, love you, I love this ministry. I love you guys as a, as a people. I love the age group. I think you guys have so much, you know, you're like, you're, 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 you're an adult but you can screw it all up and start over, and it's not that hard. And it's great. It's a great age. Like, like I, and, and uh, can I, is, do you guys agree with that? Um, the other thing that's so super true, okay, this is going to sound like I'm sliding you. I'm not. I'm giving you lots of permission. Um, no one expects you to be that smart. Um, it's the best. You can do crazy stuff, and then just be like, I don't know. I'm a college kid. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're kind of right. And, and uh, I'm telling you, this is, so here's what I would say. Uh, and I think this is why God would have me uh, share this. You have to learn how to, how to just do things. Just run amok. Just try things. Just, just get into stuff. Get yourself, go get your hands dirty. Go make mistakes. And eventually, do you know how you learn how to, how to be used by God? Well, you try it a hundred times and it's not good. And then eventually it's good. And, and like, like learning how to be used by God is, is like learning how to ride a unicycle on a stage. Like at first, it's like, that's really messy and no one wants to see it. And eventually you're like, that's kind of awesome. And so guys, I don't know why God would have me say this at the front of the message, but, but uh, all I, I would encourage you to run amok. Go try things. Go get into things. Go try to reach people for Christ. Go try to start Bible studies. Go try to reach the, your school for Christ. Go start things, initiate things, get into trouble, run, blow things up. And then when it goes bad, be like, I don't know, I'm a college kid. And everyone will be like, yeah, that's pretty true. And then, do it, and then go do it again. And do it again and do it again. And eventually you'll see, you'll see that God uses you. Does that make sense, you guys? All right, that's the challenge. That's the sermon before the sermon. Now let's talk about uh, what we're going to talk about. Because we're in a season, right? And uh, we're not going to ignore it, but we're not going to live in it. But some things have happened uh, in the ministry here. And uh, we're all trying to, to wrestle through a new reality. And uh, we've been praying, I've been praying that last week, tonight, and next week kind of help guide the way for us. Um, and so we're all trying to find our way in a new reality, praying that this will help lead the way. And we've been spending time, we're going to spend time in Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be talking about the three temptations of Christ, right? Last week, uh, we talked about... Um, 
that, that essentially Satan told Jesus, who had fasted 40 days, to turn stones into bread. And, and we talked about mourning kind of a deep. This one's not going to be as, like, somber. Um, I still think these are some deep talks. I, just so you know, the filter through which I'm using is, what would I want? I have two kids that are in college, uh, and, and my, I've been using the filter. What would I want somebody to share with my kids as they had if they were walking through some of the things that some of you guys are walking through. So this is kind of less polish, more just me talking to you. And Matthew chapter 4, do you guys have stuff to write on? Are you guys note takers? All right, become a note taker. So this is not heavy, but it is important. Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. So this is the second uh, temptation. It says, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And if you are the son of God, he said, then throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift, up, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So you have to understand... Uh, the context to understand what's happening. The temple was massive, a giant building, and it's at the center of their religion, and there are thousands of people around it all the time uh, in that day. It's just, it's just massive, and, and it's the center. Everyone's there, and, uh, if, and if, if Jesus were to be at the top, everyone would notice, and if he were to jump and have God rescue him, he would instantly become a celebrity. He would instantly become famous. And instantly, he would be like the coolest rabbi, like rock star rabbi ever, right? That's who he would be. The temptation was to accomplish his agenda through outer things instead of inner things. And, and, and uh, I, actually, I said it like this. I want you to catch it. I'll put it on the screen for you. Satan's temptation was to chase outer things, to go get all the people to like me inst instead of to chase inner things, and actually at the expense of inner things. And so I want to talk about outer, outer things and inner things so that you know what I mean. And, and uh, I, I love this picture. I think this is a helpful picture. I, in my head, I think, I think like this spiritually all the time, that there are, you have God on one side, you have the world on the other. Uh, and I would put your name in the middle here. I'll just put my name in the middle here. And if you're writing this, put your name in the middle. And your relationship with God, this is what I mean by your inner life. And your interaction with the world is what I mean by the outer life. And so you have an inner world and an outer world. Does that make sense to you guys? All right, let me keep talking about it. This is your connection to God. This is your connection to the world. This is about who you are. And this is about where you're going in life. What you're about in life. Your inner world... is what God is doing. It's like, this is what God's doing in you. This is what you're doing. Right? Does that make sense to you? This, listen, this is your reputation. This is what people think you are. This is the reality. 
This is what you actually are. This is private. Nobody sees it but you. But it's who you actually are. And the temptation was to focus on the outer things, to just go get famous, to just go become a big deal. Instead of to focus on inner things. At the expense of inner things. Does that connect with you guys? Listen, this is huge. I'm telling you, this temptation is everywhere. The world, and I just want you to catch this, the world is constantly talking to you about this side. Isn't that true? Hey, what are you doing in school? Where are you going? Hey, what's your job? How much are you going to get paid? What kind of, you know, where are you headed? Oh, you play sports? What kind of sports? How good are you? Oh, we love to talk. We make assessments of each other based on the outer world. Sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes our parents, for fear that we're, we're just, our life's going to fall apart, they put so much pressure on where we're going, they forget to talk about who we're becoming. Isn't that true? And who we're becoming is the bigger journey, not where we're going. Jesus resolved, it's, it's, again, I'll put it on the screen just so you got it. Jesus resolved to chase the inner things first. Just chase the inner things first. This, what's happening here, is just first. And this is second. It's such a big deal. You got to catch this. So here, here uh, let me just say one thing, and then I'm just, I'm just going to give five thoughts. Again, I'm just talking. I just want to give five thoughts about this. I'm not saying that where you're going is unimportant, right? Don't, don't let everyone drop out of college. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying who you're becoming is more important than where you're going. Because wherever you're going, who you are is going to be there. I, I've lived long enough to watch people who focus on the wrong side of this. And as you get older, if you've just built this outer life and no inner life, oh, the regret, the regret and the loss that, that builds up in a life. Because you're not building the inside. So I just got five thoughts. I want to walk through the five thoughts with you. They're not rocket you know, science, but I think they're helpful. And, and then uh, we'll be done. And again, I, I think God's going to help us process this. This is, this is, here it is. Inner things, this is number one. Inner things impact you more than outer things. They just do. This, 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 what's happening here impacts you more than what's happening here. Who you are before, listen, who you are before God eventually finds its way into the public arena. Your private world doesn't stay private, for good or bad. Who you are, what you are goes public, eventually. You see people, listen, people get taken out who are great have great skills and great things going on here because of who they are. So here's some examples. I was listening to somebody uh, teach the other day. He was talking about this. Listen, you can't out-golf. You cannot out-golf a terrible private life. Ask Tiger Woods. What's cool is he came back, built his private life, and then won. But think about that journey. 
he was on top of the world until who he was took over. Because who you are eventually comes out. Listen, you can't out-bike out terrible private decisions. And ask Lance Armstrong. Eventually, who you are comes out. And no matter how awesome you are outward, the inner thing takes over. This is just a bigger deal. Who you are is more important than where you're going. And folks, let's just, let me just say it. What's happened in this room, what's happened in this ministry, is somebody focused too much on the outer things and not on the inner things. And eventually they got taken out by what was happening in here. And I'm not saying that to, to drop a bomb on somebody. I'm saying that to just tell you, learn the lesson of what's happened here. Learn the lesson. Whatever's happening privately goes public, and it takes you out. And it doesn't matter how good you are over here, who, uh, how good you are at what, where you're going. Who you are eventually wins the day. For good or for bad. Is that making sense to you? Hello, am I connecting? Yeah. All right. Jesus wants you to focus on inner things. It's the, Jesus, Jesus was all about it. Listen, when the disciples got distracted with outer things, even good things, Jesus would call them back. I want to uh, show you a scripture uh, in, in uh, Luke chapter 10. This let me give you the context. Jesus has sent them out to go preach. Literally, they cast out demons. You ever cast out a demon? They have. It was all, think about, that would be epic, right? That's like a huge ministry win. They were doing unbelievable things. They come back and, and, they, and Jesus says, how did it go? And and they go, man, even the demons obeyed us. They're like, we were awesome. And look at what Jesus says. I saw Satan fall like lightning, like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice. <clears throat> what? Darn it, it doesn't say. It says, don't rejoice that the demons obey you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's what the verse actually says. Don't rejoice that the demons obey you, which is here. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven, which is here. So, so catch this. Jesus rebuked them for over-celebrating a ministry win. Because Jesus did not want their primary joy to be in where they were going. He wanted the joy to be in who they were becoming. Your names are written in heaven. It's a big deal. Second, and this is going to connect with you. God will use outer things to shape, in, shape you inwardly. Right? Haven't you noticed God feels pretty freed up to mess with you here, to get to you here? Right? Guys, am I talking to myself over here? Like, God will mess with you, you here to resolve things in you here. He seems pretty freed up to mess with me. He withholds things that I think I need. He 
like, like puts things, you know, in, in uh, he makes them insecure. And I'm like, I, I, but I think I need it. And God's, God's very willing to mess with the where I'm going direction in order to resolve things here. And listen, and God does this to you. Everything that's happening, God is allowing, right? We talked about that last week. So if you don't get into the college that you want and you're like, dang it. Well, maybe what God's doing is trying to shape. He's, he's allowing an external thing, an outer thing, to shape an inward thing. If you just can't figure out the relationship, you know, uh, I'll say it. Girls, if you're like alone and sad and, and just like need a guy, maybe God is withholding the guy because God wants to form things in you that you need to have true so that you can be healthy with a guy. What about that? That, that a little close to home? Girls, is that the girls? <clears throat> guys, you're dumb. Okay, the girls, that's what's happening. Guys, you're dumb. Okay, that's, that's better. Listen, whenever you feel like God is messing with you outwardly, it's because God is trying to form something in you inwardly. And so, man, follow the inward journey of God. I, I, listen, when I first came to this church, I've been at this church now 18 years. Easter was 18 years for me at this church. Um, when I came to this church, uh, uh, man, I was a mess. I was inwardly a disaster, insecure, needy. I needed attention. I, I, I had always been a preacher, and it was all about me. You ever have a preacher like that? Where it's like all, it's just, you guys are like, yeah, right now. No, uh, like, I was very caught up in my own awesomeness uh, as, as a young preacher. And, and uh, I came to this church, and my boss, first thing, like God told me to come here, I came here. First thing he said is, you don't have the gift, you'll never speak, get over it. And I was like, oh, just crushed inwardly. And, and uh, so I began this, this churning within. And it was like God would say to me, why are you so frustrated, Miles? And I would say, because you've gifted me at something and you won't let me do it. And God would say, why did I gift you? And I know the Bible, so I know the answer. Well, God, you gifted me for the building up of the body of Christ. You gifted me for others. And then God would say, well, how are they doing under Kevin Meyer's teaching? Who's really good, right? He was here a couple weeks back. He's super good. And I was like, dang it. He's all right. He's all right, God. Like, he's all right. And then God would say, really? So what's the problem? Well, you've given me a gift, and you're not letting me using it. Well, why did I give you the gift? Well, for the building up of the body of Christ. How are they doing? They're doing pretty good. So what's the problem? Man, I had this talk with God over and over again for a year. And by the way, during that year, I was in charge of first-time guests at the church. I called every new person, and this is how the conversations went. I'm not exaggerating. Hey, this is Pastor uh, Miles from 12 Stone. Kevin Myers is calling me? Because Pastor Miles and Myers sounds the same because of God's special gift to me. And, <laughs> and so I would have to say, no, 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 this is not Kevin. This is Miles. And they would go, who? <laughs> and I, I was like, uh, don't worry about it. It's, I'm nobody. Just, what do you think of the service? Kevin Myers is amazing. 
I know he is. And I've heard it from 40 people this week. And, and <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm not, okay, this is, this is like, I shouldn't be sharing this, but here I go. Sometimes I allowed the illusion that I was Kevin to last too long <laughs> because I just needed it. It's just so sick, huh? That's sick. That's wrong. That's gross. That's gross stuff that shouldn't be true of me. And, and I did. I would just, li- just live on it. Just, ugh, that's gross. Um, and and, uh, and I, the whole time I'm calling people and all I'm hearing all day, it's my job to call people. All I hear is how someone other than me is awesome. Do you know what God was doing? Forming things. God was releasing me from some things that I had in here, some pride, some insecurities, some realities. I needed to be on a stage. I, didn't, I wasn't serving anyone but myself back then. And I was churning. And why are you on the stage? Well, for the building of the body of Christ. Well, how are they doing? They're doing pretty good. So what's the problem? And finally, I was like, God, I don't know what the problem is, but I th- I'm getting the sense that it's me. I'm the problem, which is a good, uh, a good place to be with God. Like, God, I'm the problem. And God said this to me. He, sa- he said two things to me, but he said this to me. He said, I need you to learn how to serve without being celebrated. Just serve because it's me you're serving. Oh, and that changed my life. It did. God just challenged me, formed something in me, changed something. He was breaking a pride in me, an insecurity, a need to be looked at a certain way that was ruining me. Stealing my joy, stealing it was ruining me. And God told me to just serve and don't worry about being celebrated and learn how to just don't need affirmation, don't need people to think you're great. And, and I'm telling you, he set me free. He set me free. And, and uh, to this day, to this day, whenever I speak, including tonight, I, I, do, this little, I do this little talk with myself where I, I just say... Uh, like, like, God, am I standing up on stage for me or for others? God, am I, am I up there because it's what I want or what, what you want? And, and I have to believe, I, ha- I have to believe that my heart's right or I can't do it. Um, it messes me up because I know what it is to be needy and sick and to be doing things like this for all the wrong reasons. Listen, my, here's my point. God is very willing to mess with you outwardly to shape you inwardly. He's very willing. And it's a kindness because the real journey is the inward journey anyways. Who you are is more important than where you're going. God will totally mess with where you're going to shape who you are. True? The second thing God told me in that season is like a secret, but it's in the Bible everywhere. I'm going to show you just four, really five of like, there's a hundred scriptures that, that uh, demonstrate this thought. But God told me this and it changed my life. And if there's one thing I, that I want you to hear, I'm telling you, um, again, I, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't think I'm a rocket science, scientist. I can't even say it. But, but uh, this, this thing can revolutionize your life. If you will just pick this up and, and walk, walk in it and live with God in it, uh, it'll change your life. And God said this to me back then. It's, it's number three. Uh, I put it up there. 
if you will fight for God in inner things, if you will fight for God in inner things, and if you spend your attention here, and because God makes it a priority, you make it a priority, then here's the promise. God will fight for you in these outer things. Oh, man, I'm telling you, outside of forgiveness in Jesus, this is the coolest promise in the Bible. If you'll just focus on the inner things with God, if you'll just fight to make God first in all things in your life, then God will start to push you forward in the outer things, and he will move you faster to where you want to go. It's everywhere. Listen, uh, let me just walk you through some verses. Uh, hit, the, hit the first one. It's Matthew 6.33, right? Matthew, Matthew 6.33. Seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness, inner things. And what will God do? He'll give you all, he'll give you all the other stuff. He'll give you all these things. He'll provide for you is what Matthew 6 is actually talking about. Does that connect with you? Think about that. Don't you want God fighting for you, providing for you? Hello? Don't you want God fighting for you? Yes. yes. It starts here. Can you imagine not having to fight for yourself here? That God paves the way for you in your outer things and where you're going in school, in finances, in career, in relationships. God is fighting for you? Seek first the kingdom. What's the next one? If you bow down... If you humble yourself before God, what will he do? If you humble yourself before God, what will he do? He'll lift you up, is what the verse says. It's James chapter 4. There it is. Humble yourself before God privately, and God will lift you up where? Publicly, in your outer life. I'm telling you, this is all over the Bible. Let's go to Matthew chapter, uh, or, uh, Psalm chapter 1. Jump over to Psalm chapter 1. Okay, I love this psalm. This is the beginning of the psalms, and just listen to what he's saying. Blessed is the one, blessed, who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. You catch that? Okay, go to the next slide. This person, if you will just do that, focus, fight inwardly for God. This person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf never withers. Whatever they do, what? Oh, God, don't you want that? Whatever you do prospers. The actual word in Hebrew is uh, salak, and what it means is whatever you do is pushed forward. It's just pushed forward. It moves without you. Can you imagine God, whatever you do, God is pushing for you? It's unbelievable. My favorite example in the Bible is King Uzziah. King Uzziah uh, was, uh, oh, there's one more verse. Yeah, yeah check out this verse. Second Corinthians, second, uh, it's really 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those, strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. God is just, so what that tells you is that God is just looking. He's just looking for people whose hearts are wholly devoted. And when he finds them, he strengthens them. Do you know that word is the same, salak? He pushes them forward. 
Now let's talk about King Uzziah. This is my favorite, okay? I love this story, okay? I'm gonna give it to you real fast. I love this story. King Uzziah's dad was a, basically a good man, but a terrible king. He, he tried to fight all these people. He got, he got beat up. His, the kingdom was destroyed. Israel was in the worst state it had ever been in its whole history under his dad's reign. It's so bad. Think about this. They assassinate, the leaders come and assassinate his dad and make him at 16-year-old king. Think about how bad the king has to be to where the people go, that 16-year-old will take him. Let's see what he's got. This guy sucks. King Uzziah is 16, and he starts at the lowest point in the history of Israel. By the time he's done 52 years later, Israel is in, the, is in its best place it ever happens. It's in, it's in the, uh, the best season of Israel's entire history, and it tells us how it happened. Look at, let's read it. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother's name, Jechaliah, cool name. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. Remember, good man, but just terrible king. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. And look at that verse. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him what? Salak, same word. As long as he sought God, God pushed him forward. Folks, don't you want in on that? If Listen, if you don't experience God pushing you forward, you're missing out on one of the coolest offers in the Bible. God is just looking for people who will seek him, who will give their hearts wholly to him. And when you do, God will just push you forward. Let me tell you what that looks like in my world. And this happened a while back. And, and uh, I was praying. It was a Saturday night. I was in my house. I was uh, praying. And I had my journal not a diary, because I'm a man. I had a journal, and I was praying, and I felt like God told me to come down to the prayer time. There's a prayer time at, uh, at this campus every uh, 9.15, every Saturday night, for the next, the next day. This is, by the way, this is just one of so many examples, but I just like this one. And, and so, I, and, and God specifically said, I want you to bring your journal Black, manly journal, okay? And so I bring my journal, and I'm sitting uh, in, in prayer for, for the next morning. And in prayer, Kevin, our senior pastor, my boss, okay, let's just, real time, this is my boss. It matters to my life what he thinks of me, okay? My, he starts talking about that we're going to do uh, an altar call the next day. We were in the book of Revelation. He was going to talk about how... Uh, that the Lamb's book of life would be opened and people's names would be written in the Lamb's book of life. And so we're going to do an altar call the next morning. And it was kind of a last-minute thing that, that, uh, to do this altar call. And, and, and so he said, well, we don't really have a good plan, so the plan we're going to do for the altar call is just have people raise their hands and check a box. And I thought, that sucks. That's a terrible way to become a Christian, right? Raise your hand and check a box? Um, there's got to, if you did, if you did that, it mattered and it worked, but, but there's a better way. There's a better way, right? Ugh, bad. Um, 
And so as I was praying, uh, I just got an idea. And I said, Kevin, you're talking about the Lamb's Book of Life. What, what if we had, had like a book and people wrote their names in it? And, and gave us, you know, their information, but they wrote their names in it. And Kevin goes, yeah, but where would we find a book? Well, I had this manly journal. Black. It looked like the Lamb's. It was, it's the Lamb's Book of Life. And so, I'm, I'm, listen, the next morning, I kid you not, I got to stand in front of that church, in front of our church, while people came forward and wrote their names in my journal. Becoming Christians. Forever marking me, listen, if you will just fight for God in private, do you think it matters that my boss, like I'm able to bring that kind of things to my boss, those kinds of things to my boss, that just God is, God is doing things and here, let's try this, and, and God's moving. Listen, that's what it looks like when God pushes you forward, and God's pushing me forward as a parent, God's pushing me forward, listen, again, when you look at people and you go, man, it seems like God is so moving in their life, it's not because they're amazing, it's because God is pushing them forward. It's not them, it's God. And, and you can have that in your relationship with God if you will just fight for God in private, if you will just make him everything privately, win privately, then God will start to push you forward. The coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. I want to talk about what that looks like. That's point four. How do you fight for God in private? I have, two, I have part one and part two. <laughs> Winning th inner things, part one. No secrets, no shortcuts, and never sell out. Just, just write it down. No secrets no shortcuts, and never sell out. That's the, that's the first thing I would say. So I'm trying to give you ways to know, when am I, in my inner world, when am, I, when am I off? Well, do you know when you're off or when you're likely off? When you have a lot of secrets. You ever heard this phrase, you're as sick as your secrets? You're as sick as your secrets. It's a good phrase. It's, it's actually accurate. When you keep things private, when you don't share, when you just hold back, it's probably because there's something going on here that shouldn't be. No secrets. I can just tell you in my life, listen, I'll, I'll, just, I'll tell you plainly, there's not one thing in my life that, that somebody doesn't know about. There's not one sin. There's not one thing going on between me and my wife. There's not one thing at work. There's nothing. Because I, because I believe you're as sick as your secrets. And so I bring things into the light. When you keep things in the dark, oh, you're probably maybe not fighting for God like you should be. Maybe you're losing out here. Second, so first was no secrets. Second, no shortcuts. Which was ultimately, in some ways, Satan's temptation. Just take the shortcut. Just jump off. God will catch you, and you'll be a rock star, and everyone will follow you, and you don't even have to die. You can just become a rock star. Listen, when you start, making tr when you start taking shortcuts here, it demonstrates that you don't believe God is fighting for you here. 
oh man, I, I, uh, there are times when I'm sitting with my taxes and I know if I write this or if I write this, the difference is thousands for me. And I'm telling you, that's not easy. That's just, let's be honest, thousands, I, like, I like money, thousands of dollars. And, and that's not easy. And I always have to go back to, no, 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 God has got me. I don't have to take shortcuts. God is fighting for me. I don't have to, listen, girls, you don't have to date a guy beneath you. That's a shortcut. You don't have to lower your standards to raise your chances. You could write that down. Don't lower my standards to raise my chances. You don't have to do that. You don't have to date some schmuck because you're lonely. So there's, a, there's a guy in here like, dude, shut up. <laughs> like, stop. You don't, have to, you don't have to cheat at school, cheat at work, cheat at everything to try to get ahead. Listen, you just don't have to do that. God will fight for you. And the last is never sell out. Listen, when you are trading your convictions to get ahead, when you're trading your convictions to get ahead, I'm telling you there's something wrong in your private world. Whatever God is forming in you is taking you where he wants you to go. You don't have to trade your convictions to get to where he's taking you. He's fighting for you. That's the first. Win, that's the first, part one. Second is this, winning inner things, part two. Practice layered obedience. Practice layered obedience. I, I, uh, I get asked every now and then, um, you know, and again, I don't, I don't think I'm Billy Graham, but every now and then someone will be like, where did you, you know, how did you get to be where you are spiritually? And, and uh, I don't think I've arrived, I don't think I've attained much, but, but uh, I have been a Christian a long time, and, and I've watched a lot of people fall off, and I haven't, and uh, I still have an intensity and a passion for Christ, uh, you know, 20-something years into it. Um, and and uh, I'll tell you how uh, I do it. It's simple. I just I gave it to you. Layered obedience. I want to use this piece of these, this paper to illustrate. Oh gosh, this is. <clears throat> and notice all these papers. Okay, nine thousand six hundred and seventeen pieces of paper. That's all. <laughs> do you know what this represents? One piece of paper for every day that I've been a Christian. One piece of paper for every day that I became a Christian, December 25th, Christmas, uh, 1992. And uh, it's, let me me do the math here. It's, I I wrote it down. It's 9,617 days is how long I've been a Christian. I said yes to Jesus 9,617 days ago. Um, it's a cool thing to, to explore. And let me tell you, th- th- this is, this, man, if you can capture this, this will help you. Do you know how you become, do you know how you grow? You grow one day at a time. You layer 
obedience, one day at a time. And at first, you can't even tell. You can't even see that, I'm, you know, that there's paper here, right? Just layer it. Just, just layer it. I obey God. Do my best that day. Try to live out what he's asking me to do. Ask for forgiveness when I don't. Come back at it. Come back at it. Come back at it the next day. And listen, there are some days when God does cool big things, and it's still just one piece of paper. When I'm fasting... One piece of paper. When I go to a conference and it feels like God spoke to me, one piece of paper. When, I, when nothing happened, seemingly, one piece of paper. Just layer obedience. Don't chase something that you think is going to, like, man, I heard there was revival at blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go there and it's going to be like, boom. No, it ain't. There's no such thing. Every day you get one day's opportunity to grow. That's it. Just one day. Oh, but I, I you know, man, I'm going to do this big thing for God. Yep. One. And then the next one. And you layer obedience. One day on top of the next, on top of the next, on top of the next. Do your best. Come back at it. Come back at it. Sometimes you fail. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you fall. And then you come back at it. You come back at it. And listen, the requirements of God on my life have changed over 26 years. I've gotten married. I've had children. I've moved across the country. The, the things that God has asked of me have evolved. But the fact that God is just asking me to win today has never changed. Just win today. Do you want to know how to fight for God privately? You don't get to do some big thing. Do you know what the, the key is? The key is there's no key. If ever somebody goes, I have the key to getting you ahead fast, no, they don't. They're lying to you. There is no key. The key is every day, do what that day requires of you. And then the next day, come back at it. And the next day, come back at it. And learn and grow at the pace in which God grows maturity, which is very slow. That's what it looks like to fight for God privately. Just every day, come back at it. Every day, come back at it. The key is there's no key. Does that make sense to you guys? And eventually, there'll be 9,617 days in. And do you know what I'm doing? I'm just trying to win today. Just like you. Just trying to win today, just trying to fight for God privately, trying to be everything he wants me to be so that God could maybe use me and maybe something can happen there. I've got to fight for God in private. And the temptation, listen, Satan is constantly, constantly, constantly tempting you to just live for outer things. Sports, religion, or uh, relationships, School, get ahead, where are you going? But the answer is always private. If you will just fight for God in private. Does that make sense to you guys? Cool. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us, and the band's going to come up. We're going we're gonna, to uh, sing a song together, and uh, we'll go from there. Hope that was helpful to you guys. Why don't you stand with me? So, Father, Lord, we pray that... Uh, I pray over these students, God, that you would... Help them to chase the inner things. I do. I pray for that. I pray that you would help them to fight privately for you, that you would be everything to them. 
God, if, there, if, if there's something in us where we're taking shortcuts and we know it, we're compromising our values. We have secrets. And, and the Bible says you're looking for people that you can push forward and you look at us and, it, and you don't see us because of the things going on in our inner world. God, I pray that you would, you would, in kindness but in truth, that you would just convict us and grow us and mold us. God, help us to learn the lesson of this season for this ministry. And the lesson simple, who you are in private will go public for good or bad. The great journey is the inner journey. So, Father, won't you help us to become everything you intended us to become? And we bless you and we love you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.